Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you're listening, you're having a great start to your Wednesday. Of course, you can find all the great content from the Battery Power Podcast Network wherever you find your podcast at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC, and today... I'm glad to welcome as as part of a a couple of daily hammers that we'll have for you here in the near future. But for for today, part one, I'm glad to welcome Sam Peebles, who has been a writer this season with BatteryPower.com. He has done an excellent job providing analysis on several different players throughout the season, the postseason, and the offseason. Really enjoy his content, and so excited to have him with us to discuss some of these moves from the offseason, but also how we can make the most of these moves, and also how some current Braves could potentially improve to make 2024 even better. Sam, how are you doing with us today? Excellent. Thanks so much for thinking of me and having me on. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of yours and everything that Battery Power does, the hammer, all of that. So it's truly an honor to be here. Hey, I appreciate the kindness and I'm a fan of yours as well. Throughout this season, Sam offered excellent breakdown after excellent breakdown, you know, in the past. But before we get to that, Sam, let, let's give you center stage here. What are your thoughts so far? We, we, we've really done a good job of deepening the bullpen. You know, we've signed Renato Lopez to be maybe a, a hybrid bullpen arm guy, went out to potentially get our long-term option in Jared Kelnick. And then obviously, you know, we're in, in still in the hunt for that pitching arm that everybody wants, that significant roster addition. But for the moves that we have made so far, what are your thoughts on the Braves all season? I honestly, you know, people like to complain and, and it's just human nature to complain. And I don't judge people for complaining. So don't get me wrong, but I actually am a fan of what's going on. It's a little confusing uh, with so many moves. No team has been more active than the Braves. It's almost like Alex Anthopoulos is working for the Mariners right now or something, you know, with the way the Mariners used to trade all the time. But I, I've been a big fan of it. I'm a huge fan of the Kelnick trade. It made a ton of sense. I mean, the Braves are already over the luxury tax threshold for the second year. They're not planning on going below it. And so they're taking a lot of overhead money this year when they know they're already going to have to pay the tax so that they can have cheap players for years to come once that salary drops off. So guys like if if Kelnick works out, you know, he's going to be with the Braves for years and years to come. The entire Braves, eight out of nine starting players, for on offense are will be locked up to at least 2025 it, and some of them even out to 2029 so and they're all cheap you know so it gives it's going to give them a lot of flexibility from 
you know, that after this year and next year, there's going to be huge financial flexibility because of the moves that they're making. They're moves that can help today and they're moves that will also help in the future. So it's ways to upgrade the roster while also looking for the future. You don't see that a lot with a lot of front offices. They all, they either plan for the future or plan for today. And Alex Anthopoulos with these trades have been able to do both, which is really impressive to me. It's very difficult to do. And it's hard to see in a vacuum because you're seeing the Braves take on a bunch of salary, like with Marco Gonzalez and guys like that. But it's only on the books for this year and guys like Fletcher on the books next year. But outside of that, the Braves are going to have a bunch of cheap players that are outplaying their contracts. Even if Kelnick doesn't work out, it was a uh, with a very high reward. I mean, he was a sixth overall pick when he was drafted. He's shown some really great stuff. I love Lopez. Um, one of my coworkers is a big White Sox fan, so we've been talking about the Braves and the White Sox for the past few years. And so it's really cool to be able to, to grab a guy that me and him have both talked about and are real both that he you know was excited for Braves fans for us to get him because he knew how good he, of a pitcher he was, and so that was a lot of fun. It's been a really fun off season for me. Obviously, it'd be nice to add another starting pitcher, but. I do love that the Braves are willing to spend. He Alex Anthopoulos was not kidding when he said the payroll was going to go up. I mean, right now they're over the second threshold of the of the um, CBT for the first time in franchise history. They're paying forty two percent on every dollar they spend at this point. So we can no longer say the Braves are cheap. They're spending money, and when your team led all of Major League Baseball in wins above replacement last year, it's not like there's a huge. Uh, amount of holes you have to fill you're just tweaking your roster at this point which has been really fun to watch it absolutely has and I agree with you they're getting creative you know to get guys that they you know feel not only could be you know may not necessarily even their best value be in 2024 it's going to be beyond especially some of the bullpen arms that they've added but let's get into a, a few of the bigger names that we have signed so far maybe the two biggest commitments uh, that we've gone after and of course that starts with Jared Kelnick Sam now I talked about it a bit when it came to us trading for Kelnick the Braves acquired Jared Kelnick because they feel they could take what he did for the first two months of last year when he had a 1.3 FR through two months of the season, I believe, what was batting around an 850 OPS, a 120 plus w, um, WRC plus, um, you know, 11 homers, I believe his ISO was a 236, something along those lines. A player who was basically 25% above the average production of a major leaguer, and again, a player who was on a 4F4 pace, which is extremely valuable with how much control he has left. But some things that stand out about Jared Kelnick that make you kind of consider, okay, is that sustainable? There's a high strikeout rate, over 31%, even during that stretch where he was really productive. You know, for the first time in his career, he really hit left-handers. For, you know, away from Safeco, he was okay in 800 opens. How much do we believe in the sustainability? Number one, of him being able to cut down on his strikeout rate, but also the ability to hit left-handed pitching. What have you found out about Kelnick that may or may not give you encouragement that he could really break out with Atlanta? Well, one thing I love about him is that he fits the Braves mold, which is you sit back, you wait for a fastball, and you crush it. He can hit fastballs very well. And as most people know, 
fastball is the most commonly thrown pitch in Major League Baseball. So if you can crush the most commonly thrown pitch over a long period of time, you're going to do very well. Uh, and he does that. And, and you know, we were talking about the slider, but actually, if you dig into the numbers, he had an expected weighted on base average of 315 against the pitch. And the league average is a 286. So he's actually better at hitting the slider than league average last year. And um, he he does swing and miss on the pitch 45% of the time. However, he only strikes out on the pitch 28% of the time. And that's right around the, his same rate for the uh, for fastballs and his, all the other pitches that he's seen just as much. Like he, he swings and misses a lot on the slider, but he doesn't actually – put out on the slider get, get pitchers don't get a put out on him at an extremely high rate so as, if the slider is his weakness i'm not worried at all because he's crushing a fastball and he's still hitting a slider better than league average so i'm really excited about that not to mention that with the versatility he's not a, an elite defender by any means but he's got speed he's an excellent base runner he can in a pinch play all three outfield spots for a guy that's going to be under team control for years to come, and all you had to do is pay some salary this year and a little bit next year, I mean, it's it's a solid pickup, and I can't wait. Even if it doesn't work out, uh, just the fact that, you know, this is like a, one of those things where the Braves have the ability, since their roster is so strong, they can take gambles, and this gamble really has a chance, if it works out, to be an excellent move. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Absolutely. And, and to your point about 
him being someone that the Braves were targeting because he's their type of hitter, he crushes the fastball, that makes perfect sense. But the other thing that really, really encourages me is that we saw it back in 2021 when we acquired Jorge Soler, Sam, the ability to cut down on his strikeouts, get him to drive the ball more, you saw his full potential. You've seen it with Matt Olson. You've seen it with Ronald Acuna Jr. last year. The massive cut downs on their strikeouts, you had two top five MVP candidates. I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that Jared Kelnick is going to produce at the level of even a, a Solaire over a long period of time. But the point is, is that Kevin Seitzer and, and the Braves, you know, system have an approach to where once they get a guy in it, even if it's for a little bit, they're going to figure out how to make him cut down on his strikeouts while also maximizing what he can do when he puts bat on ball and puts it in play. I definitely think that's what's most exciting about Jared Kelnick. And I think that Kevin Seitzer can work his magic once again, because if you could get Kelnick anywhere close to that 23 to 25 strikeout percent range, I think you've really got a player who mainly because of his offense, could turn into an annual three, maybe even a few years, four-FOR-level four player. Right. And not to mention that he would be the eighth best, eighth, eight or so best pit hitter on the team. And so he doesn't even have to be excellent. If he even gets like 15% above league average, like a, a WRC or runs created plus of 115, which is, by the way, 15% better than Eddie Rosario last year. He's going to be, that's going to be a boon for the team. You, if you have a guy hitting seventh or eighth in your lineup, hitting even close to what Kelnick was hitting at the first half of the last year, you're going to have the best eighth hitter in, in major league baseball. It's incredible. And, and so that's, I think, why the Braves went out and got him. And we also know Sam with his ability to hit the fastball. That's something that definitely does, I think, show up more often as a need in the playoffs. So extending the lineup with someone that can crush fastballs, that's never a bad thing. But of course, the starting rotation, Sam, has been the big focus all offseason long. You know, again, we're waiting to see will the Braves truly make that significant move? We thought that they were in on a few with a few pitchers. It just hasn't worked out as of yet. But they did make a notable signing, Reynaldo Lopez. And if I remember I if I got his contract correct, four million in 2024, but then eleven million each in 2025 and 2026, with the idea that the Braves may look to stretch him out as a potential option in the starting rotation. Now, in the past, Lopez has had starting experience. It's not been all that great. He's been a much more effective reliever than starter. But the one thing that stands out, Sam, about Lopez is that what has made him a good reliever is year by year you've seen an uptick in his velocity. I think he even got up to 97 plus on average last year, maybe a bit off there. But my question to you is this. Does he apply that same philosophy if he goes back to a starter? Does he apply the same philosophy of maximizing out his velocity? Or is there something that he'll need to tweak about his arsenal and, and something that he could change about his arsenal that you feel would make him an effective starter, potentially? So, yeah, so he used to be a starting pitcher. He was traded as a starting pitcher. He was, you know, uh, all that when he was he was a key piece in the package when he was traded uh, to the White Sox. But back then when he was a starter, uh, his arsenal has been the same this whole time. Uh, a four-pitch arsenal. He did have a fifth pitch for one year but then dropped it. But his one thing that changed when he went from a starter to a reliever is he was pitching his changeup about 20% of the time, give or take a few percentage points on the year. And once he became a reliever, he dropped his changeup usage all the way down from 1% to 4%. 
and has basically swapped that to using his slider more often. And as you said, an uptick in his velocity on his fastball. And that is what has made him successful. What's going to be interesting is if he can continues to keep that type of arsenal to where it's the same four pitches, but he he relies heavily on a fastball that he throws harder and a slider. You know, have you you think of anyone else that throws a slider and a fastball pretty much exclusively? Uh, <laughs> Spencer Strider. But anyways, I'm not saying he's going to be Spencer Strider, but um, the Braves have utilized that strategy. And one of the things that the Braves have that a lot of teams don't is an extremely deep bullpen and a very good bullpen, top five bullpen in Major League Baseball. So if they want to use Lopez as a guy that only goes out there and pitches five innings, expected to pitch five innings every time he goes out there, if he can pitch like he does when he was a relief pitcher for five innings, that's typically what happens is when you switch to a reliever, you see an uptick in your velocity because they're throwing the ball harder because they don't have to last as long out there. Well, if they can get him to where he pitches four to five innings every time he goes out there and pitches at that same velocity and just relies you know, heavily on that fastball and that slider that's been so successful, I think he's in a spot where it makes sense to keep the arsenal he's used or the usage, rather, that he's been using as a relief pitcher, keep it as a starting pitcher, and rely on the bullpen during those games. The Braves have the depth in the bullpen to be able to do that. And I think if they... It's a combination of keeping what he's doing as a relief pitcher, but also being willing to, you know, go to the bullpen maybe a little bit earlier than your typical starting pitcher. I think it could be a recipe for success. So then let me ask this a different way, Sam, because if we go back to last year's playoffs, we we we've got it where we had Spencer Strider in game one. Because you know, the, the when the Braves are making these moves, everybody's thinking about the playoffs because we figured out how to make it through the regular season. You know, when you consider we won 100 games despite all the pitching injuries we had last year. But say that we had Spencer Strider going in game one, we had um Max Reed going in game two. This upcoming season, if we're in the playoffs, say it instead of Charlie Morton, the Braves want to go with Lopez as a guy who can get through the opposing lineup twice and then go to their bullpen. Do you feel Lopez has it in him to be a reliable going through the lineup two times type guy in a playoff series, at least to an extent better than the faith that we had in Bryce Elder in game three last year? Well, I would say it's virtually guaranteed that he'd be better than what Elder did. And um, well, I'm sure we'll get into that later. But uh, yeah, um, Lopez without a doubt, I know, would be better than Elder. As far as Morton, Morton's getting old. Morton has the best curveball in Major League Baseball, um, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, Lopez, it, it'd be it'd be interesting to see. I think the good thing is that the Braves have time to figure that out. You know, they don't, they can try it out for the first half. They've got such a good offense that they can try it out for the first half of the season. And if it works, cool. And if not, okay, we can make an acquisition at the trade deadline. So that's fortunately the good thing is the Braves have options and they can they have time to figure it out. It's not something they have to decide today. And I think that's kind of the reason they brought him on is as a kind of as an experiment and see if it's something they want to try or as a, you know, plan B if they don't land a starting pitcher. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Uh, we can try the whole, I, if it was today, if I had to pick, make a choice today, like if we would have had Ronaldo Lopez for game three, Last year in the playoffs, I would have started him over Bryce Elder 10 out of 10 times, if that answers the question. Absolutely. And that's the whole point about it is that with the embarrassment of Richards that the Braves have in terms of how good their offense is, 
with the fact that their overall pitching has been very good as well, and they have room to be able to maneuver, that's what stands out is the ability for them to be able to make these moves where, hey, they can get through the regular season. And I'm not saying that Ronaldo Lopez is a better starter than Charlie Morton, but what I am saying is, is could he potentially be a better option to go multiple innings or go through a lineup twice or so in the playoffs, be on the same level as Morton in that regard? Sure, and I think that's why the Braves look to get him. Sam, it has been an absolute pleasure. I, I brought you on here so that we could put into words, we could put into audio form, the absolutely excellent analysis that you put in written form all year long on BatteryPower.com. Where can folks find you, your excellent work? And again, thank you for taking the time to join us. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, man, I've been on a lot of podcasts, and uh, i got to say this was one of my, my favorite interviews I've had. Um, so thanks for that. Uh, you can find... We, you can find me on uh, Twitter or X or whatever the cool kids call it these days at S people sports. Um, that's, you can follow me there. Also, I have a podcast called Braves dugout. Uh, so you can follow that on Twitter as well at Braves dugout pod. Um, I'm part of the fans for sports network. My podcast is you can find it's under the feed called Braves country cooking. Uh, so the Braves dugout and um, the chatting average podcast both have teamed up and created a single feed where you can find both podcasts at the same time. And uh, I, I write for a bunch of other freelance for a bunch of other uh, people too here and there. Like, um, you know, I've written for fan sided and sports illustrated and stuff like that. So um, you just, you can find a lot of stuff and I just really, really enjoy doing this kind of thing. I've, baseball has been such a joy to me throughout my entire life. And I feel like, you know, this is a way that I can give back to the baseball community. I love the hours that I spend researching the numbers and being able to understand the business side behind the sport that maybe the um, average fan doesn't have the time or drive to do. And uh, I love to be able to do that for them so that um, they can just, you know, read what the research I did. And if they don't agree with it, cool, but at least it's there for them to read. And it's been a, an absolute joy in my life, and I'm happy to continue to do it. Um, yeah, but thanks for, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And Sam, thank you for taking the time to join us again. You can find all of Sam's great work at S People Sports on X slash Twitter, whatever the cool kids, as Sam said, call it today. Sam will be back with us at a later date, looking at a few players who in 2023 certainly had some excellent starts to the season, but kind of dwindled off when it came to their production in 2023. What can those players potentially do to make the most of 2024? For Sam Peebles, my name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.